Danica Gomes wants to ask, why is it important for the youth of today to enter into pageants such as this, and how do pageants benefit the youth of South Africa? With pageants, a lot of people perceive them as just beauty competitions where girls just want to show off how good they look. But actually, we all look inside. It's about what inside and what shines through. As we all have lights, sorry, as we all have a light that shines through, it is not a disgrace to reach for the stars. So go get them. Please give a warm round of applause for the one, the only, Celeste Kumar. When you think of beauty pageants in this country, there are just some years or periods where it seems to matter just a little bit more than others. I mean, you think of 93 and 94, where Jackie Mufugeng became the first black woman to win uh, the crown in 1993. She was followed by Basi Kumalo in 1994. Now, both women went on to become first princesses at the Miss World pageants. Then there was Karishni Naika in 1997, um, then you fast forward to Roline Strauss in 2014, then Zozibini Tundi in 2019. Um, you know, similarly, the Miss S18 pageant uh, had some <laughs> very forgettable years. And then there were a couple of women who, you know, have for some, you know, through sheer determination, I suppose, um, just refused to let the sun go down on them. You know, you think of Gina Athens, who won the pageant in 2000. Um, I think it was Putti Cuomo in 2002. Uh, Zizo Beta in 2006. And probably, and I this, this will sound very harsh, but probably the last relevant Miss S18 was Celeste Kumalo. Now, remember when Miss S18 was relevant? Just by doing an episode on Miss S18, I think I've made my life a little bit difficult for myself because now there's probably a need for me to record another episode on the main pageant, which is the Miss, Miss SA pageant. But for now, um, you know, I thought this would make for an interesting conversation with the, the last winner um, of Miss S18, which is in 2011, Celeste Kumalo. Um, um, this might sound a little cliche, but I'm very interested to find out how winning that pageant changed their life, especially because, you know, for a young kid to suddenly have the, as many of the things that were thrown at her uh, happen, uh, it can be quite overwhelming. Um, you know, she had her estranged father who suddenly uh, came out from the woodworks and wanted to establish a relationship with her once he had found out she had, that she had won a national um, title. Um, you know, she had to, a lot to deal with like untrustworthy sponsors who were trying to take advantage of her. Um, then, you know, once she started acting, she started as, um, you know, she played Bulerwa on Generations, who was a human rights lawyer. She played Linda on The Queen. I think a lot of people might have, might recognize her from, from, from that um, um, character. And she was also on The Girl from St. Agnes, which is on Showmax. Um, but she, she, she caught quite a lot of flack 
for her acting abilities. And we'll talk a lot about that and what, what that did for her confidence and why she felt she needed to hire an acting coach because of it. Um, and then we talk about, you know, her business is going bust. And really what the lockdown has done in terms of helping her reassess where her career is and her goals uh, going forward. I thought it made for a really, really good conversation and per perhaps a little different to the other episodes we've had so far. So I hope you enjoy this. Um, I certainly did. And um, as usual, I am open to your suggestions, <laughs> your criticism. Um, but I overall, I hope you enjoy this episode. You are the last ever Miss South African teen. Right, I feel Did like I avoid saying that. I feel like that needs to. I feel like that needs to be. That needs to be mentioned in your bio. I was like, I was so good that they decided we don't need to have twenty twelve <laughs> onwards. Like we, we... No, we just shut it down. I just shut that down. <laughs> but like, you, I I remember you mentioned this um, in an interview somewhere else. I don't remember where I was watching this. Where I was listening to, but I remember you saying it might have been the bar bar leader interview when you were saying your mom was was um a model as well and she was a beauty queen but let's start from like the the the, the beginning beginning so well i'll say beginning but i mean like in high school your part-time girls mm -hmm. right yes when 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 did it all kind of when were you convinced or who convinced you what convinced you to to enter because the first time you entered was 2008 right yes so let's talk about so, like where oh. all of that began um, so, I mean, you know, having a mother who's been a model and who's kind of had a career path from beauty queens into modeling, of course, that's obviously going to filter down to her daughters. So I had been modeling since before I could walk or talk. Um, but when it became more serious was I was in high school. I had an agency. So back then there were definitely castings I was doing. There were definitely TV ads that I was doing. Um, I was a brand ambassador for, I was a model for a skincare company. And I'd say my first magazine kind of um, feel was I got the back of a Cosmo magazine. So I was on the back of a Cosmo. And I mean, this is in high school. So from there, the trajectory started in which kind of direction I'd be going. Miss Teen happened because it was a thing to do in 2008. It was a competition to enter. Why not? Um, and then after that, because also at the time, entering competitions was about the prizes that you won. So, you know, you obviously cast your net out and you try and see whatever, whatever you can hook. Did Miss Teen the first time, obviously upset that I didn't make it, but I made top five. And it's one thing that I realized about pageants is that rather make top five than not win. Because in top five at the time, I don't know if it's changed now, in top five, you can enter again. But if you're top three, you can never enter again. So that was obviously open. I was very young. I think I was 16. I was very young at the time. Mm. Entered pageants continuously after that. And then got to kind of grade 11, grade 12 was just like, okay, who am I going to be in this world? I want to make decisions by myself. I want to be like Rihanna. You know, I can be a good girl, but if I decide to be a bad girl, that's all on my name, <laughs> you know, um, and it's not on someone's title because as soon as you mess up, you will always and forever be that title holder that did A, B, and C. School, the trick is here, there's no money. Okay, so what now? Let's use what we have and what we know. Enter the pageant. 
entered to win. There was no way I was not going to win that pageant. Um, so entered to win, had a plan, had a strategy, and it worked. Uh, won, thank God, because I hate losing also. Um, so then, you know, uh, everybody knows the story, entered the pageant to get um, the bursary. And that happened. Now, one thing that was very, something I had to really decide on, and I think that's why, you know, I would say that my career has taken quite some time in the sense that like not to kind of make it, make it. I mean, if we're going to just, um, and I mean, it's not extremely important, but if we're going to compare like Instagram numbers, I'm still on 150,000 while people that I can say I started in the industry with are in the millions already. Um, so there was a decision I made at school where I had to focus on school. It wasn't about the entertainment. Obviously, those doors were opening and they were opening a lot. But I had to stick to the plan. The plan was to enter the competition so that I can get a degree. Now, if I you know, got into school and decided to take on all the entertainment opportunities that were coming... I wouldn't have finished the degree. So having made that decision to focus and kind of what lose three years of ad advance or advantage in the, in the in entertainment industry, because I was I, at the time I was still a bit relevant coming off of Miss Teen, um, changed a lot of things. Every year there's someone new, there's bigger acts, there's talented people coming out and it's like a slipstream, this entertainment industry. It's either you come in at the right time or you come in at a time where no one's necessarily going to focus on you and you have to claw your way to the top. You have to dabble in so many other things until that one thing is the one that serves you that will take you to the top. And I, if we can go back just a little bit. So you were saying that you, you entered the pageant to, to help out at home because you wanted to get uh, school done, right? So you wanted mm -hmm. to win. Your idea was to win, 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 win. What, yes. What was your, your mom? So was your mom supportive the whole time? I mean, I'd imagine she, she would have been because you went on and did it, right? Mm -hmm. No, definitely she was. Um, I think she's just really been one of the biggest motivators in making the decisions um, for the kind of life that I've had. The, the first point of contact, of reference, you know, um, even on the stage, she was sitting in the front and cheering me on. And every time I'd give her a look to know if I'm doing well or if I'm not doing well, if I need to up my game type of thing. And um, she's got a thing where she knows winners. Like when we watch pageants, she knows who's going to win. Yeah. So on that stage, I gave her a look, you know, when they announced top five and we had the questions. Because when you're there, it's a blur for yourself but people from the outside can see what's going on. And I remember shooting her a look uh, after all of us had answered the question and she told me I won. So, you know, when they called my name, I was just like, yeah, I knew already because my mom told me. <laughs> <laughs> she had the eye. Um, so, yeah, she gave me that eye. So, yeah, she's definitely been very supportive. Uh, it's, it's been a blessing to have someone like her who... 100% supports you and pushes you in some directions. I mean, she was also the one that was like, you're going to enter Miss Teen. If you're going to study, you're going to 
enter. And I was like, no, I want to find another way. No, she said, this is the way I'm telling you. And that's obviously influenced the rest of my life. But let's talk a little bit about like that, but that moment again. I know you've kind of mentioned here and there, but I was watching your speech again um, during the weekend, this past weekend. And you, <laughs> first of all, you had slipped during your walk. You almost fell. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and secondly, like your voice, what happened to your voice? It was so croaky. Oh, like you sounded like you were going to cry. Yes. <laughs> so on the way to Sand City, because uh, there was a shuttle that took us to Sand City and the aircon was on the whole time. So I was sick the whole week um, for the patch. And I was down with the flu and tired and sick. And on the final day, then my voice disappeared. <laughs> so how was I going to answer any questions, you know? So I had to rest my voice, um, not speak much. When it came to slipping on stage, I told all the girls, I was like, if anyone slips, you will find me at the back here waiting and laughing at you, you know? <laughs> and then I was the only one that slipped. <laughs> so, you have not um, missed congeniality. <laughs> No, you're I, Regina George. I, it was light. It, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a light <laughs> pageant, and everybody took themselves too seriously at some point. And I think that's also another thing why I think I won is because I'm, I was a teenager and I acted like a teenager, where there were girls who were acting like Miss South Africa, and it's like you're in the wrong competition, you know. Yeah. Um. So I took it quite lightly. Yes, I was there to win. I had a strategy, but at the same time, I was young which is important if you're going to enter a competition know the age group that they're looking for so that you can give them that yeah well, i was also was... the oldest i was also the oldest in the competition at the time how old were you 17 i was 18 so there was a certain period that you had to enter and i had entered so yeah i'd entered just before how do i say this um so I was, seven, I was 17 turning 18, but by the time applications closed, you still had to be eight, 17 or 18. But yeah, but I was the oldest. I turned, I, turned, I turned 19 or 20 during my reign. I think I turned 20 during my reign. Yeah, I turned, I turned 20 during my reign. That's why I never got like a super Miss Teen party. <laughs> I think they were just like, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but what, what was your yeah. strategy you said you had a strategy what was your strategy my strategy going into the competition was to act like a teenager um they were looking for miss s18 they were not looking for miss south africa in my group and acting like a teenager was the way i dressed how much makeup i wore um you know how i behaved there were times where i'd be doing cartwheels in rehearsals um, and I know the other girls would kind of look at me like, wow, she's just so childish. But those were the things that I did to remind everybody watching, because everybody's watching, um, especially when you get to Sun City, um, that I was young. When it came to answering questions, I was quite intellectual. I was very smart um, and answered maturely. But it was the way I dressed. It was the way I did my makeup, some of my actions. I had a plan and it, it worked. Yeah. Well, how, mm-hmm. how much contact, because I, in your year, it was the, your pageant was, was staged at Sun City along with, I mean, I think the next night was the Miss SA pageant. 
how much contact did you guys have with the Miss SA contestants? And did you ever, you know, perhaps like seek advice from the, the, the older girls? Um, so we were all in Sun City around the same time and there'd be times where our rehearsals would like, you know, kind of work out at the same time in the sense that we were all in this conference area and there were different rooms in this conference area. So you'd bump into the girls every now and then. And then also during eating times, there would be times we would all eat together. Um, I don't know if I kind of sought advice from some of them as essay pageants I, I don't think I did I mean you'd obviously ask how are things how is it going um, but no I, I didn't because at the same time all of us were not winners so if I'm seeking advice what am I seeking advice for does that make <laughs> sense <laughs> we, all, we all haven't won <laughs> um, but there were previous Miss Teens that I had contacted and asked them uh, you know, what is it that they're looking for? How was your reign? What did you do differently? Why did you enter? What was it like after giving up the crown? So definitely, I spoke to winners because they've won. But Who did you speak to? During that week, I spoke to Copano. Um, she won the year I entered in 2008. She won 2008. Mm -hmm. And I kind of kept contact with her. Um, so I spoke to her. She was actually the only Miss Teen I spoke to um, leading up to the pageant, just to work on my walk, to work on possibly things that they, they did as pageant, uh, as title holders, so that I knew kind of going in, would I be able to meet these requirements? Would they be able to see these requirements going in um, into the pageant? So like I said, strategy, plan, did the, did the background work. Who was your, at that time, who was your favorite beauty queen? Um, a favorite beauty queen, gosh. You know, I cannot answer that question so adequately. I'd been going to watch pageants in Sun City um, for a number of years before that. And I'd meet the girls, take pictures, and then keep it moving. Um, but one thing's for sure, I think Bokang, I did, you know, speak to her um, mm. to find out how her reign was. Bokang was, was a different, she was different. And, you know, if women like Bokang and there were other women, I think if they entered pageants today, they would really shine and make it to the rest of the world. Because um, back then pageants were so stereotyped, you had to be a certain way, you had to look a certain way, your hair had to be a certain way, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they, there were people, there were quite, there were pageant holders that got a lot of flack for trying to stand out so much and be themselves. At the time, there was a mold that you had to fit in, and it was what the world wanted, you know. So I'm not even going to fight and say the, the pageant holders, you know, did things that they shouldn't have at the time that that's what was required. And this is also why I didn't enter, as you say. Um, because there was just there were boxes whereas today it's different so to answer your question Bokang I think was one of my favorite because she stood against a lot of the flack that she got and she fought her way through her pageants I don't know if she's told her story but it, it's not all that glitters is gold hey after yeah. you win it's tough it's tough after you win what um, else, I mean you, I, I, I feel you know this is like a weird very sappy question but like 
what are some of the things that changed? Like, how did your life change once once you've won the pageant? Because you like like you say, like not all that glitters is gold. I I'm interested to know like how things unfolded afterwards. Um, so it would be sponsors. You know, there would be after when you kind of wanting to claim your prizes, there were T's and C's that weren't communicated before. There was another sponsor that also offered a bursary and I had to take up the bursary in that year. Um, But, you know, the main bursary for me, it was a beauty, beauty cosmetology kind of bursary. And for me, it was like, okay, I'll do the degree and then either I'll do this part time or, you know, um, and, and kind of make everything work. But there were a lot of T's and C's after where some of the prizes also became I couldn't use them or claim them because of those T's and C's. Um, how did life change? Obviously, the eyes are on you. So every type of behavior that you have is is watched, is monitored. You cannot be yourself anymore because people be, are expecting so much of you. Um, the kind of events that you would go to, the kind of places that you can be or can't be seen in. Um, and my personal life changed uh, was one of the toughest times personal personally I haven't spoken about it much I don't know if I will yet but I would say it was the hardest time of my life because this pageant was supposed to kind of save me and get me out of something but instead I on one side I'm this title holder on the other side life is just hard um, so it was not all that glitters is gold and people need to be aware of that. And I guess also things happen according to the time of your life, but that was the toughest time of my life where I also had to pretend that everything was okay because I was title holder. Sure. And, and also, I mean, I'm sure it's a lot to, to deal with as an 18 year old to suddenly just like overnight have all of these eyes on you and every misstep people are commenting mm. on or people are, you know, waiting on, um, mm. But you, you did talk um, something I thought was quite personal um, with the Sowetan um, a few years back when you, when you said that your, your dad, um, who had not been around essentially, um, then suddenly wanted to get hold of you and wanted to reach you, you know, once you, you won this national pageant and you, you, mm. know, you were a star. What was that like? And, and do you regret uh, like, talking about it? So what had happened, how the actual story came out, I was shooting for the front page for Christmas photo. And the photographer at the house was around when the the call came in from that side of the family and heard, you know, a lot of the conversation that was going on, obviously stepped into the next room, you know, and he was not a journalist, he was a photographer, but took the advantage of trying to advance his career and proceeded with the story, even though we had said no. Um, So for that to have even gone out was not an intentional thing. It was never meant to go out, but things happen and it was out. Um, So that contact was, it wasn't cool. I mean, one goes through life Um, with a single parent wondering why the other parent does not want to pull their weight to take responsibility. And then as soon as good things happen, then that other parent decides that it's time to fix things. Um, 
and I refused to give claim. I refused for that parent to have the good because there was so much bad that that happened and that that parent was not around for, that they had no right for that. This was all for my mother, all for her sacrifices, all for her hard work. And if anyone was going to shine about it, it was definitely going to be her. Um, so is, it, is there pressure, was there, was there pressure on your sister to, or did she even desire to, <laughs> <laughs> after you and your mom? Um, yes, of course. Uh, she's faced a lot of pressure actually going, growing up, um, having the older sister who was in this kind of world. And this world was really set up for me. In primary school, high school, I was going to be the girl I am today. Like that, that's who I was going to be. Um, so for her, she was free. She was herself. She was carefree. She always tried to carve her own path. And the other day I even asked her, because there's certain things she doesn't like. And I was like, do you not like these things because you made sure that you were different from me? Or you just don't like these things? Um, and she said it was a bit of both, you know. Um, we had tried to get her into this kind of field to go into entertainment but she's you know refused she's more private she's wants to be in corporate she doesn't want to be in entertainment she doesn't want to be an entrepreneur so she's definitely set herself out differently but it's not like we didn't try and get her into these things um but luckily she was strong enough to say this is not who i am um and from a young age this is not who i am and this is not what i want to do and i don't want that pressure of having to meet up or compete with anybody it's not my path yeah but you you mm -hmm. you 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 always wanted to be an entertainer you wanted to be an actress right mm -hmm. what was your first role uh, the 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 role of linda on the queen am i that am was I my right? first big role yeah that was my first very big role um in the past actually um i went for an audition my agency sent me to an audition. I got there. I auditioned like everyone else. When I left the audition, I knew I was not going to get that role. I fumbled. Um, the Zulu was not spot on. And there were Zulu girls at the audition. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> after having spoken to the producers after I'd been cast, because I was so shocked when I was cast, after having spoken to them, one of them said, it's in you. You have it you are an actress. You just need to fix it. You need to work on it. You need to, you know, go for training and constantly work on it, but it's there. And that was enough validation for me to know that this is possibly the path I'm, I'm going and stepping into. Um, but many years before, I'd done a lot of features on um, films, on series. At some point, I was on Generations for a while. No one knew, no one cared because I was no one. No, actually, it was just after Miss Teen. I had done a bit of Generations, a couple of episodes. Yeah. So the first big role, supporting role, long term, was the Queen. And so is, is that the direction you think, like, from now on? Because I know, you know, you've got, you know, you're doing interior designing. You had, are your nail bars, are they still open? Because you had nail bars as well. Nail. No. No, I had nail bars. No. Um, so as life happens, the thing, one thing about entertainment is not guaranteed and mm. it's not something that you can 
you know, set your life on knowing that every month I'm going to get a salary from this. And my first big lesson, especially after being cast on the queen was you'll have the salary, you'll be working for months. And then one day they just write you out and then what? And then it took about a year um, before I got work again. So for that year, I got nothing. Um, And that kind of showed me that you need to be independent. Um, So with the nail bars, geez, my life is just all over the place. After (laughs) Miss Teen, I I got a beauty campaign. That beauty campaign paid me a lot of money. I opened the nail bars. For me, it was open a business so that you've constantly got money generating that can uh, support your family. And then whatever else comes, can, you can support yourself and build your life, etc. Then the queen came, took a lot of my time. I couldn't handle the nail bars. Business is hard as business is. Um, so decided to close the nail bars. Did the queen, the queen ends, took up an MBA at the time as well. Now I can't pay for everything. There's no new work coming in. So it was just a whole lot of struggle. But I had nail bars. I did acting. Influencing is also just only picked up now. Um, And then the interior work is something I'm really enjoying. Where I am today because I think what your question was leading up to is yeah. which one kind of do I prefer? Um, the interior design, I would say, is the one that has spoken to me the most and responded the most positively to me. Um, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, working, money is coming in. And it's kind of started to make me think about what is it that I really want to do? Sometimes I feel like I'm cheating on the dream because the dream was always to be an actress. Yeah. But I don't know anymore, to be honest. I, the last time I acted was in February. Um, I've been auditioning. I've done so many auditions. Nothing's happened yet. Um, but the interior design has really picked up. I enjoy it so much. Well, maybe, so I don't know. Maybe that's your answer. Maybe, maybe you've answered yourself there. You know, perhaps like... Mm. You know, acting will probably always still be there, but in terms of what keeps you busy on a daily basis, maybe that is what it is. And especially because you enjoy it and you love it and it's it's still a creative outlet for you, I suppose. Mm. You're right. I've started to really make decisions that put the the businesswoman first. Um, there have been castings that have come in lately where I was just like, mm, actually, I don't want to do it because it's going to take too much of my time. Um, and I want to focus on this. There are definitely decisions I'm making um, academically that lean more to the businesswoman than to the actress. So five years ago, if you not even five years ago, two years ago, if you asked me, what is it? that I really see myself doing and being. I would have still said acting. Today, I'm leaning more to the businesswoman. Um, right. it's, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> And it's, it's, it's a shock, you know? It's kind of a shock to the system. There's a lot of, should I, you know, maybe if I try hard enough for the acting, that will pick up or, but I'm trusting the flow of my life and I'm responding to what responds to me in a positive way. And I will say it has been the business. That's pretty good. 
I love it. It almost sounds like you wrapping this 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 episode up, like the way the way you said that. No, but for real, I mean, I, I, I think you make some really good points there. And sometimes like your life will expect of you to be agile, to be able to, you know, be quick on your feet, to, mm. to know. I, I, I certainly identify with that because I had so many plans. You know, I'd quit my job, my permanent job, and I had ideas about what I was trying to do. And then kind of the things that I had planned fell through because of the fact that, well, by the time we got to March, everything was shutting down. Yeah. Things, things were either on pause or had canceled completely. And so mm-hmm. then you're sitting here, you're thinking, do I, do I just pack my shit and go back home? What do I do? Yeah. I mean, my home is Durban. So, um, and I literally, I'm like, if I go home, what am I going to do there? Cause it's, I'm still going to be faced with the same thing of like trying to find work, trying to decide what happens next. And, you know, ultimately I'm like, I'm not going to get anything in Durban that I can't get in Joburg, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I, I guess that's the one thing that you, that Joburg teaches you that you, you kind of always have to be on. You always have to hustle. It's very draining, but it also teaches you like resilience. It teaches you to make use of the networks that you've built over the years. And I think like that's probably kept me going all this time. I've had to call on people. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I didn't speak to you on a daily basis, but people who've come through for me, you know, because of the mm-hmm. networks and friendships that you, you, you know, I've built over the years. So perhaps that's the one good thing about lockdown is that it's taught all of us to look within and and kind of be honest with ourselves and 100 percent i'm glad to know that you've kind of you've you've had to sit yourself down and and think about what happens next and perhaps you weren't Mm. ready for it but there's never a better time you know yes and i mean just to even add to what you were saying um even though life expects of you life will meet you where you meet it and i will say this because when i took up the mba a couple of years ago the plan was to finish it quick fast i'm grateful that it took me four years to complete a two-year degree because the timing of finishing is so perfect that it set up so many other things for me compared to if it happened a couple of years ago for generations to also end in february and then for corona to start in march and as soon as the restrictions eased, business just picked up. So everything just starts to fall into place if you are ready to allow it to. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like yeah. you, as you said, you have to be agile. You have to be resilient. And you just have to go where the wind is blowing. I know that that's a term that people use to say that you have no direction. But sometimes the wind blows and you kind of need to go with that because that's where you're going. Everything I've ever done has led me to this moment. And the next step that I'll take from here is basically a new step that has nothing to do with the plans of the past. It just opens up my mind to so much more. I am so happy to, to hear that. And also I'm happy that you've made the time to speak to me. I appreciate it. I'm glad to know that you're doing well um and long may it continue for both of us (laughs) and congratulations also thank you thank you very much um and thank you for taking the time off we all get uh drowned out in in this 
influx of things and influx of the industry and if someone still thinks i've got a story to tell or some something to share i still appreciate that i hope this all works out for you and just opens up so many more doors for you mm, thank you i appreciate that um um yeah nyazama <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got to do really. <laughs> yeah. As long man. as you try. If you're hearing this, you've reached the end of this episode. I would like to believe it means you've enjoyed it. So, ngiabonga, thank you very much for that. Um I would also love to hear your feedback on this episode and suggestions for possible future episodes. So please reach out uh, via email or Instagram or Twitter, whichever you prefer. My handles and my addresses are all on the show notes. And as a last note, please 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 subscribe to the show, rate it, five stars, nothing less, please. And of course, share it on your own platforms. Um I would love to hear back from you and I would love to get the show going. <laughs>